Happy New Year. Um, eh, hold on just a second. Happy New Year. This is 2023, and like I mentioned in yesterday's chat, we're doing things in a slightly different way this year. I want these to be much more caller-driven, so we're going to be doing these at a consistent daily time, whenever that's at all possible. That consistent daily time is going to be 4 p.m. if you're on the East Coast and 1 p.m. if you're on the West Coast, and, you know, for viewers and uh, listeners and, uh, in Europe and Asia, then completely different times, but I'll just mention those too. And I'm going to uh, try to consistently go to calls within five minutes. Today, it might be closer to 10 of the start of each chat, but it's going to be very soon after the, uh, after the beginning, after I go start talking. So if you do want to call in, go ahead and get in the queue right now, and I will start taking calls very quickly. First, I just want to uh, mention a couple of announcements and then say just a little bit about what's been going on in the world today. So the main show on YouTube, uh, GTAA, was off for December, but it's going to be back on again tomorrow night at 8 p.m. East Coast with two of our favorite returning guests, R.M. Brown and Crystal Ball. That should be a fun one. And speaking of GTAA, as of today, we are just three weeks away from the GTAA slash Left Reckoning slash This Is Revolution live show in New York City. That's January 22nd in the Cutting Room, which is like half a mile from Penn Station. It's very centrally located, featuring a bunch of guests, including Emma Viglin, Bhaskar Sankara, and Sam Cedar. And honestly, I think it's going to be a blast. When we publish this, I'll include the link to that in the description. Last, but very definitely not least, in terms of the announcements, uh, my brand new philosophy substack, um, well, launched uh, earlier this week, but the, uh, the first real essay uh, came out today. There are going to be essays every Sunday, and this was the first one. So the substack is called Philosophy for the People with Ben Burgess. Uh, it's a little play there on uh, the two meanings of philosophy for the people that the political philosophy parts are obviously bound up with a left program. It's for the people in that sense, but also that it's analytically rigorous philosophical reflection uh, for whoever is interested for the people in that sense, not just for a few academics. So that's benburgess.substack.com. And the first essay, the one that went up this morning, is a deep dive on David Hume's arguments about heaven, hell, and why he doesn't think it makes any sense to say that suicide is a transgression against God. That essay is called Hume and Hell. Um, the metaphor there is not like Hume goes to hell for being a sinner, but like Hume conceptually visits hell to see if the idea of the place makes any sense. And you can read that again at benburgess.substack.com and or you can watch me talk to Stefan Bertram Lee about some of what's in that essay on YouTube earlier this afternoon that was aired on This Revolution and cross-streamed to GTAA. And I will put uh, all of those links in the description also. For a long time now, I've wanted to make popular philosophy writing a bigger part of my writing output. I mean, you guys know, I think, 
that, you know, I do other things besides write. Um, I, I am still just barely, but I, you know, I, I am still an adjunct philosophy professor. I usually teach about one class, sometimes two a semester, but I try to keep it pretty minimal because I try to spend the vast majority of time, my time on the rest of this stuff. Uh, and I do a lot of debates and I've got, you know, these podcasts uh, here, the, the main one on YouTube that are obviously very important to me, but the main thing I do just purely in terms of amount of time is I write, you know, I say in the announcement post for the Substack, I get up every morning and I let my dog out to pee and I make coffee. And I, I think about the article or articles that I have to uh, work on that day. And I, for the longest time, like I said, I've been wanting to make, philosophy writing as opposed to sort of straight day-to-day politics writing a bigger part of my output. Obviously, I want to do that straight politics writing. That's very important to me. But uh, I want to do the philosophy stuff too, and I want to do more of it than I've been able to before. Uh, So I am really excited about that Substack being up and running for the new year. I'm really excited about that first essay about David Hume being up. Anybody who's read it and wants to call in to you know, ask me questions about it or challenge things I say, all of that stuff uh, would make me very happy. Uh, I would be, I would be thrilled uh, to take those calls, Um, you know, could call in to talk about whatever else too. But first I do want to move from the peaks of philosophy to the valleys of grubby real world politics to talk just a little bit about a development that brings me a lot of joy. And that's what happened today in Brazil. Uh, Lula Ignacio da Silva is once again the president of Brazil. Uh, Very briefly, for anyone who doesn't know the story, because I suspect most people who are listening right now do know, uh, because they're listening to me, and uh, this is something I've talked about before, and, you know, my friends and collaborators have talked about before. But just as a quick recap, Lula... uh, came out of the the labor movement in Brazil. He was a union leader, uh, turned mild, but very successful social democratic reformer who was president of Brazil until he was term limited out of running for office a third consecutive time. Um, Or, you know, taking office a third consecutive time. He'd run before he was uh, elected the first time. When he was about to run again, and every poll said he would win in a walk, he was thrown in prison on obviously nonsensical and trumped-up charges, which allowed an extreme right-wing maniac, uh, Jair Bolsonaro, to win the election instead. Bolsonaro was often referred to as the Trump of the tropics, but the truth is that compared to Bolsonaro, Donald Trump looks like Elizabeth Warren. When Bolsonaro was in Congress and he voted to impeach the Workers' Party president who came after Lula, Dilma Rousseff, he gave a speech saying he was dedicating his vote to the commandant of the prison where Dilma was locked up and tortured during the dictatorship. He said that the only thing the dictatorship did wrong was that they didn't kill enough leftists. Uh, He and his family are closely linked to right-wing paramilitaries that, you know, let's just say they're not like LARP paramilitaries like the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers. Uh, who you know like to play with guns and you know might do dangerous things or sometimes even you know get into fist fights but uh, are very reluctant to actually shoot those guns. Uh, these are real serious right wing paramilitaries that control territory the way drug gangs do that have been involved in assassinating uh, socialist politicians. Uh, there's at least one very high profile case of that. So that's Bolsonaro. That's who that guy is. 
And for almost two years, uh, 580 days, Lula rotted in prison until reporting by The Intercept Brazil exposing the farce of the trial freed him. He won the last election and he was inaugurated today. And that makes me happy for many, many reasons. It's good news for the planet, given the importance of Brazil's rainforests for uh, global climate change. It's obviously good news for democracy in Brazil. And even aside from those much more dramatic bullet points, I will obviously take a mild-mannered social democratic president, which is about what you can do in that region without the United States coming down on you like a ton of bricks. I will take that over a lunatic semi-fascist president any day of the week. But I have to admit that where my head is at when I think about this development is a lot more personal than that. Michael Brooks was one of my closest friends and collaborators. Everything I'm doing now, including the show and Colin, flows ultimately out of two sources. One is what I was doing with Zero Books, um, you know, right around when I met Michael. But the other is the segment that I used to do on Michael's show. And he did more than anyone else in American media to put a spotlight on Lula's case. One of the last times I spent a weekend at Brazil at uh, Michael's apartment in Brooklyn in January 2020, after my then wife and I had uh, already moved to Atlanta and I was just coming back for a visit, uh, Michael was getting ready to fly to Brazil to interview Lula. This was just after Lula was freed. And I cannot tell you how excited he was about the opportunity to do that. And the very last weekend I ever ended up spending at that apartment, the next month, there was a framed photograph of Michael and Lula with their arms around each other, uh, if I'm remembering right, and Lula holding up a Michael Brooks Show t-shirt. And obviously, all I can think about right now is, is Michael and that picture. So on that note, if it's, uh, if it's not, um, uh, if it's not too rough a transition, uh, I am going to start, you know, taking calls, assuming that, uh, um, on, uh, so, oh, now we got one. All right, Mark, what's on your mind? Hi, Ben. How's it going? That's pretty decent. How are you? Good. I uh, Not to be too much of a online stalker, but I was listening to your YouTube show today. Oh, well. About uh, human suicide. Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, you mentioned, uh, this is... I'm going to be a pedant. I apologize. No, no, no. Uh, you mentioned Epictetus at the end. Yeah. And how he was willing to commit suicide for his beard. Yes. Uh, the fascinating part about that is the beards in, in Rome at that time showed that you were a philosopher, that you were teaching people. And the emperor was like, shave your beard, stop being a philosopher. And he was like, well, if you want my beard, you can come have my head. Oh, and, right. uh so that's, so that's that was, uh, much less entertaining than it sounds, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just an aesthetic, uh, aesthetic preference. Yeah. So it was, it was, it's, a, it's a bold negotiating tactic on Epictetus' part. <laughs> well, fair enough. 
that's uh, yeah, that is that is good. That is good context. I have to admit, I only ever uh, I only ever Where saw that line out of context in the paper that I mentioned in the uh, in the stream. Uh, so it, it it always uh, it always made me laugh. Uh, now I guess it's much less funny, but it does have some extra poetry to it. Uh, any other thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I, I I'm still uh, pondering some of the stuff that you're reading. So I, I, that would just stuck out of me, and I, I I'm, I'm a pedant that way. So no, no, I appreciate it. That's uh, that's good. Uh, that's good extra context. And with that, I gotta go, and you're you're heading out. So. Uh, yep, I am. I'm heading out, but I I do appreciate that. Uh, that's a that's a good call. So uh, so I will. Uh, so yeah, assuming that uh, assuming that that's it uh, for uh, for today. In uh, in terms of calls, we'll wrap up for today, but we are going to be back uh, manana Monday uh, the second uh, same same time as today. Again, go try to do this as consistently as possible when life doesn't get in the way um, at um, 7, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, again, every day that we reasonably can. So looking forward to that. See people then have the uh, the first episode back of the, uh, the big show on YouTube uh, tomorrow uh, at, uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. And um, yeah, I will. Uh, I will see some of you then. I hope to see uh, some of you at the live show in New York on January twenty second. Uh, again, all these links will be in the description. Um, yeah, uh, you know, maybe uh, pour a drink for uh, the uh, to uh, celebrate uh, Lula uh, being uh, being president again. Now, left is best.